Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey friends, welcome to EcoChic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. If you are new to EcoChic, welcome. I'm really happy to have you. And if you are returning, thanks for coming back. EcoChic is a fun, cool place to talk about general climate change education and personal sustainability efforts, so things that are not necessarily common knowledge, but totally should be. My name is Laura, and I am a graduate student studying climate science. Today, I'm excited to be talking about something that you might not necessarily associate right away with climate change, and that is the topic of family planning. A big reason I wanted to talk about family planning as kind of an unassuming but massively important contributor to climate change is that in 2014, the IPCC, that's the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, they're kind of just like the global experts. It's a community of scientists from all around the world, and they come out with reports every year. They just came out with a really shocking report that we only have about eight years until we reach our climate threshold. That's all from the IPCC. So anyway, in 2014, the IPCC included reproductive health services as part of their synthesis report, just indicating really, really clearly that concentration of greenhouse gas emissions is incredibly reliant on population growth. So there's a really clear link. And while I am a big advocate that correlation is not necessarily causation, again, we know that people are the cause of climate change. We know that the reason that the globe is warming is because of anthropogenic activities. And so concentration of greenhouse gas emissions, in theory, should be very, very closely linked to how we are controlling our populations. So today we're going to be talking about giving women the resources and opportunity to plan their family size as well as the spacing within children. And that's really a matter of autonomy, welfare, women's health, generally seen as social issues, but all associated with family planning. And then in turn, it's a domino effect into resource consumption and eventually greenhouse gas emissions. So it's really cool to be talking about family planning from an environmental perspective today. So that being said, I'm going to keep this conversation pretty general today. So we're not talking about contraception. We're not talking about birth control. We are not talking in specific about different methods of contraception, hormonal or not. And that's a whole other episode that we could get into if you want to. So we're speaking a lot more broadly today about family planning as a concept. So let's first talk about the need for family planning. Lack of family planning in less developed countries results in about 74 million unintended pregnancies every single year. So that's pretty wild to think about. If we're talking about millions of unintended pregnancies on an annual basis, let's think about how that turns out for less developed countries in a longer term scale and what these new populations are looking like in terms of opportunities and resource consumption and things like that. If we're looking at purely like a generational scale, that's pretty impactful. Then in the U.S. alone, 
45% of U.S. pregnancies are unintended. So that's almost half of American-born babies' unintended pregnancies. That's a pretty significant portion as well. The UN recently put out an estimate that there should be 9.7 billion people by the year 2050. So that's a massive population for the entire planet to sustain. And this is actually only achievable if we increase investment in family planning services. So actually that number of 9.7 billion people, a really significant threshold in the eyes of the UN, is a lot closer than we actually think if we're not putting more emphasis on the prospects of family planning. What we as more developed countries as a planet should be investing in is voluntary and high quality family planning services. So family planning services really includes the health of both women and children. It is a welfare issue and it's an issue of life expectancy. And all of this dominoes into greenhouse gas emissions. Women across the world, primarily in less developed countries, have explicitly expressed to the UN and other global organizations that family planning is crucial to their health care. Helping the planet is just a really positive side effect at the end of the day. What are some of the challenges that we are associating with family planning? So first, affordability. So this is an issue we're talking about both in the U.S. and abroad. So the affordability of contraception and also the resources such as hospital resources and other healthcare professionals and just having the financial means of getting in touch with all of those family planning services. Additionally, cultural acceptance is a huge, huge barrier in a lot of different countries when it comes to family planning. It's sometimes a little taboo to talk about contraception, but if you're not talking about contraception, you can't actively prevent unwanted pregnancies. Additionally, another big challenge is access to family planning services and distance to those family planning services. So it's really great if you have all of these things available, but if you're in a really rural community and you don't necessarily have the means of getting to a nearby hospital or clinic or even just securing those medical supplies, maybe they're available and affordable in your country, but you don't really have a means of getting to them, that's obviously a major, major challenge when it comes to accessible family planning services. So considering all of these major challenges and also just the expressed needs of women around the world, the UN estimates that there is a $5.3 billion funding quote-unquote shortfall in meeting the needs of family planning around the world. And on the topic of investment in family planning, only 1% of overseas aid goes to family planning services all across the world. So 1% of all of the money we're sending to other countries, that's crazy. Family planning is such a major, major issue when it comes to climate change. You've probably heard at least once that population control is something that we really need to think about as a planet. So when that comes to our resources, so that's thinking about the food that we can provide, the density of our cities, the impact of additional people on the energy availability of the planet, food, let's talk about waste, let's talk about transportation. There's a whole lot of issues that are associated with massive population growth. And that's kind of where family planning comes in to the climate change conversation. I said earlier that every person both consumes resources and emits greenhouse gas emissions throughout their lifetime. So it's important here to acknowledge that those emissions are completely variable across the world. There are definitely people in countries that have higher emissions than others. And so that's also a really important topic when it comes to family planning. Where we should be talking about family planning is not necessarily just in the US. If you're cutting down on the amount of children that you're having for the sake of the planet, that's great. But let's talk about also where all of these issues are primarily lying, and that's in less developed countries. So while they are consuming less resources, they are a larger portion of the population growth quote-unquote problem. 
I do want to share a little bit of positivity on the topic of family planning, and that's in a couple of case studies. So one cool case study that I came across was that of Iran. So in the 1990s, Iran initiated a totally voluntary family planning outreach effort, and they did this by involving different religious individuals, community groups, things of the sort. These community groups educated the public and also were able to provide free access to contraception, which is a really, really important part of the puzzle. So as a result, fertility rates in Iran were halved. So they had 50% less babies being born in just 10 years as a result of this totally voluntary government-initiated program. That's pretty wild and a really, really great thing for their country's resources. Another great case study is that of Bangladesh, which had a similar educational outreach program. So in the 1980s, the Bangladesh government initiated a door-to-door education program of family planning. So just getting people out there and talking about contraception, talking about family sizing, and also just spacing out children and the strain on resources, and just in general, giving free information and educating the public on a really personal level. Besides providing free contraception, the Bangladesh government also hired female health workers to provide basic care for women and children in smaller, more rural neighborhoods. So this is also a really significant portion of the family planning puzzle. Like we said earlier, access to all of these family planning services is a really significant challenge in a lot of these smaller communities. So what we can learn from Iran and Bangladesh and other communities that have had really successful family planning initiatives really has to do with the social support that is totally necessary with family planning services. While it's great to educate people and provide contraception, you also need that cultural acceptance so that people are comfortable talking about family planning and so that people are comfortable asking for help when they need it, especially when it comes to something as crucial as women's health. So at the end of every episode of EcoChic, we answer a question that I received via email or DM or in real life or whatever it might be. So today's question is actually about resources, which is really interesting. My friend Sarah reached out to me and asked, like, where do I start? Like, I want to know more about climate change, but I don't even know where to start. I completely understand because it's a super overwhelming topic to really want to sink your teeth into. And that's kind of why I started EcoChic, just like to talk about how climate change is really nothing that operates in isolation. Everything in our lives touches climate change in one way or another. But if you're interested in learning more about the topic of climate change as a whole, I am linking down below a list of resources that I've put together. So this is a list of books and podcasts and articles, um, a couple of documentaries on Netflix that you could watch if you're really interested in learning more about climate change and the global impacts. So whether it's from an environmental perspective or like today from a human rights perspective, whatever it might be, there's a lot of ways that you can look at climate change. So the list that I'm linking down below is kind of like a work in progress list of different things that I find really helpful in my own personal studies, academia, whatever it might be. Um, So and a list of different types of media, if that's helpful for you. So some people really like to listen to podcasts, but some people really like to watch documentaries. So I'm trying to mix it up as much as I can, depending on how you like to get your information. Um, But yeah, so that will be down in the show notes below. I'll put a little snippet of it up on my Insta stories later today or tomorrow morning and check back because like I said, it is a work in progress. It's like a living list that I'm actively adding to whenever I find a really good resource. So thank you, Sarah, for asking that. And I hope that other people can find these resources really helpful because again, it's a really kind of challenging topic to even start with. So if you find something that sounds interesting to you, share it with your friends, get deeper into it. Climate change information is a really easy black hole of sorts to get deep down into, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. So again, as I continue to find things, I hope to continue to share them. 
I hope you enjoyed this fun little informative kind of different episode of Eco Chic. If you enjoyed the topic, please go ahead and rate and review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is that you listen to and make sure you throw us a follow so you get a notification every single week of when we have a new episode of Eco Chic. If you want to get in contact and talk about anything science or sustainability or anything else related, please go ahead and send me a DM on Instagram. That's the easiest way to get in contact with me. I'm at Laura E. Diaz and it's always down in the show notes. And then you can also send me an email laura at lauraediaz.com. If you've got a question, go ahead and ask it because I bet other people have the same question. And if you're really dying to hear it out on the episode, that's where I pull a lot of the end of episode questions is from DMs and emails. Otherwise, I hope you have a really awesome day and I will see you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.